0: Welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen.
1: I'm William.
0: And we have a special episode this week. Yeah. We teased it a little bit on our YouTube channel. If you don't follow us, it's youtube.com slash talkbomb. Um, so the people who checked that out will know that William today is going to talk about the history of Ghostbusters. That's
1: right. How it came to be. This is episode 84 of mm-hmm. Guide to the Unknown. Coincidentally, just this past weekend, there was a major celebration in LA called the Ghostbusters Fan Fest yeah. celebrating the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters That's because right. it came out in 84. Mhm. GTTU 84 for GB 84
0: that's cuckoo
1: it's cuckoo in the I cabeza is that yeah
0: how nice i know it's
1: very coincidental it's yeah a synchronicity and i really enjoy it you know i love those
0: we have we have a fair amount of them on here for so my topic tonight i'll spoil you to kind of like at least somewhat thematically match wills so i mean it'd be fine but just so it wasn't like the history of ghostbusters and gnomes right we already did gnomes yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know um gnomes I, again yeah <laughs> I am gonna to talk to you about the Men in Black franchise yeah. in a somewhat similar way.
1: Yeah. So we're going to Hollywood. We're mm-hmm. doing a, we're a, Hollywood. a star-studded action chock a block horror sci-fi comedy That's double right. feature.
0: But I was gonna say what made me think to talk about that is that I listened to our Men in Black episode where I talk about like, you know, the actual idea of yeah, Men yeah, in Black, yeah. not the movies. It's episode 47. Um, and there was a big synchronicity in that one where I was talking about Indrid Cold, and then you were like wait did you see the message from somebody and somebody had a message saying why don't you check out injured cold
1: that's right but I hadn't looked at it that's right I remember that that yeah. was that was incredibly bizarre
0: <laughs> in the I can hear how like what whoa I felt it was it is crazy it's
1: it's cuckoo yeah. I think on Guide to the unknown we do get a lot of uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like things that just line up that we yep. wouldn't anticipate yep um but yeah, so I'm going to talk to you about uh, Dan Aykroyd's original idea mm-hmm. for Ghostbusters because it's very different from what ended up on film. Cool. Um, and obviously, there's been a lot of uh, kerfuffle yes. about how to follow up the two movies that were made mm-hmm. way back when in the 80s and 90s. Uh, Dan Aykroyd certainly had some ideas of how to do Ghostbusters yes. 3. We got the, <laughs> the, as it's called, all-female uh-huh. Ghostbusters movie in 2016, and now... Everybody's gearing up for Jason Reitman to direct a new Ghostbusters movie that uh, pays homage to the original first and second. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what has been announced um, about that movie Cool. so far. Excellent. Um, But before we do any of that, I want to offer something out there to our listeners and viewers, Mm -hmm. especially anybody in Seattle. At the end of the month, uh, that is June 27th, and if you're listening to this in the future – June 27th of 2019, Yep, I'm going to be in Seattle to be part of the American Hysteria live show. American Hysteria is a podcast hosted by our friend of ours, Chelsea Weber-Smith. It's all about times in history when we all go, uh, well... I'll use the same phrase cuckoo and la cabeza mm-hmm. about stuff like stranger danger, people poisoning your Halloween candy, a yeah. lot of things that sweep the nation by storm but aren't exactly founded in any kind of reality right. Um, Chelsea is doing the first ever live version of it, and I'm gonna be flying out there to the west coast to be uh, to be part of it stand yeah. on the stage, read some lines, play some characters. Uh, I'm gonna be the devil yep. and I'm gonna say horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> that that horrible men throughout history have said, I will embody all of them.
0: Somebody's gonna make a supercut of just like splicing things. Well, I guess they wouldn't have to. They're horrible things anyway. It is a supercut yeah, to yeah, a certain yeah. extent. That's
1: right. But so that is uh, the end of this month. It's Thursday, June 27th at the Columbia City Theater in seattle you can check the the show notes for this episode to find a link to get tickets uh if you just google american hysteria seattle it's the top link yeah um so check that out and uh come see us out in uh seattle everybody yeah definitely do
0: it's gonna be a really good time i wish i could go so if you're anywhere in the area please let me live
1: vicariously through you it's gonna be a damn good time yeah um all right but back to ghostbusters yes okay so Uh, I'm going to tell you about, let's start with the original idea for Ghostbusters. Most of this is going to be about sort of the... um the ideas that didn't make it to the screen Mm -hmm. to some extent it's going to be impossible to talk about ghostbusters especially because it's a franchise without spoiling stuff yeah yeah. so consider this your major warning i'm going to be spoiling ghostbusters ghostbusters 2 uh the real ghostbusters extreme ghostbusters (laughs) ghostbusters the video game What was extreme ghostbusters ghostbusters uh, extreme ghostbusters was the sequel cartoon series oh yeah yeah. i don't
0: think i knew that that was a thing oh yeah oh yeah big time okay
1: um but yeah, I'm going to be spoiling basically everything. So if that freaks you out, get mm-hmm. out of here. Anyway, we talked about Dan Aykroyd uh, way back two weeks ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. three weeks ago in, in Guide to the Unknown, episode 82. We talked mm-hmm. about his history with the paranormal. He comes from a long line of Aykroyds who believe in <laughs> ghosts. And we're trying to find ways to communicate with them to, um, to summon them. Right. Um, and so Dan Aykroyd... Obviously, had this stuff rattling around in his brain, but in particular, it was when he read an article in like the uh, the 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 journal for of
0: psychical research.
1: Yes, the journal for psychical research. Yeah, he suddenly got the idea. <laughs> well, hey, what if you could catch ghosts? What if you could actually contain ghosts? And it basically sprung from there. Mm-hmm. Now, the premise of Ghostbusters, as we know it, is there are three scientists, Egon. Ray, and Peter, who worked at a a college and then are kicked out because they've been essentially studying pseudoscience that is completely unfounded, and to some extent, it's almost embarrassing to the administration, so they're given the boot, but they know. They know Mm -hmm. that they're on the right track, and so they decide to go in business uh, catching ghosts, and it's all... um, Ghostbusters, as a structure, the original movie, is all about setup to a certain extent. You watch the Ghostbusters, have the idea get fired, take out a loan. Mm-hmm. Look for a building. This is what it's happens. It's really
0: funny that taking out a loan is part of it. Like, yeah. It's just not something that lends itself well to movies. I, to be f- I mean, it's like, a few lines or right. something, but like looking for a building, at least that's funny, You can see it. Like the discussion of loan, I feel like doesn't come up a lot. In no, not movies. at all.
1: And granted, that is like I-, I think it's just a scene of them walking down the yeah, street. Yeah, it's like
0: nothing. But it's just funny that they even
1: yeah put it in. And Ray is like, "You didn't even bargain with the guy," you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But uh, it's all about setting up these small bits of reality so that you baby step into a fantastical world where Gozer is here to take over. Right. it's about an architect who designed a building to function as, you know, a – what's that thing called? A tuning fork. To bring ghosts. And and like you eventually – Which is so sweet. Oh, it's so good.
0: I feel like there could just be a TV show in that or something. I completely
1: (laughs) agree. Um, and then obviously it all culminates in having a giant marshmallow man stomp all over the place. Obviously, now the marshmallow man is funny because it is a, a gross goo man.
0: Right. Also, it's <laughs> I would funny. Say it's funny because it's gooey. Because it
1: is so yucky. Yeah. But it's also funny because that was one of the places where the idea of Ghostbusters started. Uh-huh. There are a few things that were in Dan Aykroyd's original idea for Ghostbusters that made it into the movie. Yeah. The logo, the ghost with the no symbol on it, was one of them. He had that in his notes. Uh-huh. And the other is the Stay Puff Marshmallow man. That was yeah. always there. It was always yeah. there. And he always had the idea that these were gonna be uh that Ghostbusters were gonna be as needed mm-hmm. in society as having firefighters yeah. policemen and like exterminators right he wanted it to be insanely commonplace these are like blue collar yes yeah. um so anyway dan Aykroyd had his original set of notes for ghostbusters and it essentially was about the following he wanted to write a script that would star him eddie murphy and John Belushi.
0: Right. I remember hearing that. Isn't that weird? I mean, you know, there's like an SNL connection.
1: 100%. Yeah. John Belushi makes like perfect sense. Yeah. Eddie Murphy, I think, is really interesting because does that mean John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd are, uh, uh, and Eddie Murphy together, like the the, the three final Ghostbusters of uh-huh. Egon Spengler, Ray Stance, and Peter Venkman yeah. are all three distinct types. Yes. And one of them's a nerd. Mm-hmm. One of them's like, you know, a sarcastic, quippy guy. Yeah. And the other one is just like wholeheartedly in this. Yeah. The only one that that I can understand uh in this original idea of Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, and John Belushi is Dan Aykroyd. Mm-hmm,
0: definitely. Right? Like So which one yeah, you're saying, well, yeah.
1: Because right, John Belushi quite... and Eddie Murphy both feel like they would be mm-hmm. the Peter Venkman. Totally. Was there yeah, no? Know. You know, was there no idea for Egon?
0: Yeah, I guess not.
1: Yeah. Um, anyway, he also had the idea that he wanted to sort of revi- revive or modernize the idea of classic ghosts comedy stories Uh like uh, Abbott and costello had a movie called to hold that ghost yeah so he was like well why did that go away why did paranormal comedies go away let's do this so anyway he brought the idea to ivan reitman Uh the director who had done stuff like stripes and uh, ivan reitman loved it but basically was like your idea which like included the ghostbusters having like a global franchise of ghostbusters stations already yeah um and time travel and going to other planets. Uh-huh. This was part of uh, Dan Aykroyd's idea. He was okay. like, "This would cost, this would cost like two hundred million dollars to do." Yeah. So Ivan Reitman goes, basically, he's like, "Love your idea. I really want to introduce you to this guy Harold Ramis, mm-hmm. who uh, worked with me on Stripes. He wrote that. He wrote for Bill Murray. This is basically how Bill Murray comes in too."
0: Yeah. They, oh. Okay.
1: Yeah. They take the script to Harold Ramis because basically. Ivan Reitman and Harold Ramis both think the idea is cool but want to take it down to earth yeah let's not have it be that there are like hundreds of yeah it's already established yeah and we're like fighting intergalactic mm-hmm. ghosts or whatever the hell yeah why don't we just make it about normal people and like it'll be funnier yeah if it takes place in a mundane reality and so that sort of like baby stepped back the idea to make it a little more real mm-hmm. um so Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis worked together, uh, but it was Dan Aykroyd's original idea. And as he was writing it with John Belushi in mind, he got news that John Belushi had died.
0: Oh, oh wow.
1: Yeah. He said at one point, I was writing a line for John and, uh, they had a, a producer and talent agent. He goes, uh, and Bernie Brillstein called and said, they just found him. Oh, we loved each other as brothers. That sucks. As he was writing lines for
0: yeah.
1: him. Um, They had to contend with an old 1975 show, which was called Ghostbusters, Oh, uh, so they couldn't get the rights to use the name Ghostbusters, so they were working on Ghost Smashers, Ghost Uh. Breakers. All of it sucked. Not good. They had pitched the idea to uh, uh, a guy who eventually left Columbia for Universal, where the Ghostbusters TV show was owned. Oh, and so once he moved over to Universal's Universal, he believed in the project, so he gave them the rights to the name.
0: That's awesome, that man! Right? What luck! I know, you for know. Real.
1: Yep, um,
0: it's such a good name. Ghost Smashers.
1: Ghost Smashers. I mean, I
0: know that I'm saying that with the knowledge of Ghostbusters already in my right. head, but it's just not doesn't sound no, as good.
1: No, not at all. Too hard. All. Yeah, um, but Ghostbusters the 1975 show was also about a team that that does, like, paranormal investigations. Oh. The weird thing is, it was about two guys and a, and a gorilla. Oh, what? Yeah, one of them was Larry Storch. Okay. He was a human. Okay. I just know the name.
0: I've, I guess I've heard that name before.
1: Yeah. Uh, but so, it was, yeah, two, two kind of old men and a gorilla. They were... Uh,
0: That's like a good movie.
1: Spencer... Two
0: old men and a gorilla I know. instead of two men and a little lady?
1: Two men and a gorilla. Spencer, Tracy, and Kong very good guess which one was the gorilla
0: i can't imagine was it spencer
1: tracy yeah
0: is that the joke
1: i i i can only assume
0: it has to be but like i feel like you would have to re-establish that joke like every episode in order for yes. it to be effective yeah for it
1: to work at all they just be like i'm You're kong
0: like, yeah that's tracy, tracy the gorilla and there's also is it a spencer tracy thing mixed yes. in there as well that's yes, so much is.
1: Yeah, and they drove there around some in a to that joke. And they they hunted whatever. No. <laughs> I think I, think I a clip of them It had to be ghosts, tequila. yes. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. ghosts. Yep. 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 Uh, so here is the idea for this is like the story mm-hmm. of Dan Aykroyd's original idea. So like I just explained how they eventually got you know to make the the actual movie. Yeah. Here's what Dan Aykroyd's original idea was. Now I also want to point out that I got this from Tor.com. dot okay. com. Okay. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know if this is real at all, but this yeah. is what I found online.
0: It ain't the Grey Lady, that's what
1: you're saying? It's not the Grey Lady. Okay. The Ghost Smashers, again, couldn't use the name, respond to a call from the Greenville guest house regarding the discovery in the kitchen of a gluttonous yellow mist uh, uh or grotesquely altered human forms. They're called free-repeating vaporous phantasms. Catchy. Very Dan Aykroyd. Repeating
0: vaporous ph- Okay, I wanted to see if it, like, Came together
1: to oh. spell out a word, but now it does nothing. Now, yeah. after chasing the apparition described as Onion Head,
0: wow! I'm really glad they took another swipe at the names.
1: Thank God Onionhead. for Harold Ramis. They continued to call Slimer Onion Head in the original movie.
0: Really? Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. Like behind the scenes, he was onion head. It's terrible. And
0: Slimer's like an icon now. I wonder that, I I don't know that he'd be such an icon if his name was onion head.
1: No, no way. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, They also, I believe, on set referred to Slimer as the ghost of John Belushi.
0: Oh, well, Which I mean, is weird. He's like
1: scarfing down food and
0: well, I guess it's affectionate if Dan Agra was like so close. He was like brothers with him or something. Yeah. I guess it was like giving him shit.
1: I guess so. Yeah. You know, and they the also described uh, the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man as having John Belushi's physique so
0: where did you what do you mean they described it that way who did
1: <laughs> like that was the idea for how the stay puff should look is that he should be like big and round in the middle
0: i mean maybe like dan ackroyd and he were always like busting each other's balls about physique or maybe. something yeah I don't so know. it's like continuing that relationship like he's like zinging them yeah up in the heavens
1: i guess so yeah so anyway they catch the the onion head ghost uh, and bring it to the containment unit, which is kept at a deserted Sunoco gas station in northern New Jersey, per- purchased by the Ghost Smashers. Uh, when the ghosts are released, a 25-acre sinkhole is triggered around the gas station. It disrupts the, a long, inactive fault line that somehow turns northern New Jersey into a giant inferno. Okay. This is part of the original idea for Ghost Very action-packed. Zool was the working term that later became terror dogs. So Zool was the name of so like you would have a pack of Zools. Mm. Oh, okay, I got you. Dogs, basically. Uh, 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 Somehow the Zool was held captive by the Ghost Smasher's employer, Shandor.
0: Okay, it's like weird remixes
1: of familiar things. Yeah,
0: I guess they decide to like maybe not use this, but then they just like little pieces of the name or pieces. I love hearing that.
1: Yeah, but the Zool was Gozer's favorite favored pet uh and all and he was the all-powerful ruler of the sixth dimension uh so gozer would stop at nothing to recover the Zool. okay basically yeah in his this, lost dog yeah yeah basically in this gozer is john wick
0: yeah yeah
1: and the ghost smashers uh, are the russians
0: it's much goofier yeah this
1: plot yeah it's it's way goofier and like yeah harder to imagine uh-huh like i, I, I in none of this it's did i say a human's name you know what i mean like yeah. at no point did i say like peter peter shows yeah, up peter
0: talks to whoever no it's yeah. like a sinkhole opens up and then goes or runs after his doggy
1: yeah ex- yeah exactly yeah like okay so all, we care about all that in new jersey <laughs> is in an, an inferno right do we care about the people at all yeah in this draft um the three ghostbusters were called stance venkman and ramsey Okay. Ramsey would eventually go out the window when Harold Ramis took over
0: mm-hmm.
1: and sort of crafted Egon.
0: Yeah, uh, ramis Into
1: his uh, uh, character. Yeah. Uh, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man appeared slightly past the midway point in the script and uh, was only one of many Gozer manifestations. The finale involved the Ghost Mashers being whisked, whisked away into an alternate dimension. Okay. Yeah. So that eventually All became... Right. Three sort of charlatans. Yeah, yeah. That fall ass backwards into being right about ghosts. Right. And are lucky. Yeah. And are cynical. Weird. Like Peter Venkman doesn't take any of this seriously. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, Bill Murray didn't even take the movie seriously. Uh, it was a movie that he wrote, Bill uh-huh. Murray, was given funding in the hopes that it would secure his attachment to Ghostbusters.
0: Oh, okay.
1: He was like, he did not. Care he wasn't about into this it particularly. No. Wow. Yeah.
0: He got I did he end up being all in like you know what I mean like Uh, yeah right is this something that he reveres as much as people revere him in it
1: I don't know I I I bet
0: it is I'm sure they met in the middle at some
1: point it's so hard to tell like one of the major things that we're going to get into is like well why don't we just get into it now Mm -hmm. I'll I'll, let me skip over Ghostbusters 2 because all that was really about was that Ghostbusters had become a major property and their faces were on lunch boxes and they Mm -hmm. were creating the cartoon show that was insanely popular yeah so the studio put a lot of pressure on them Will you please do a sequel? Will you please do a sequel? They kept saying no, and finally they they relented. Yeah. That's the history of Ghostbusters 2. Okay. And then we enter the developmental hell period uh, uh, where Ghostbusters 3 is frequently referenced Mm -hmm. but never manifests until the year 2016, and a big part of that was Bill Murray. Yeah. Bill Murray refused, refused Mm -hmm. to do another. He absolutely uh, rejected everything there were even stories as recently as 2014 yeah. of dan Aykroyd sending him scripts and bill murray tossing him in a shredder
0: oh my god
1: <laughs> heavily dramatic
0: yeah and like just it also mean mean like somebody worked really hard on that must you
1: i know yeah and the problem is that bill murray uh became obviously so gigantic off of ghostbusters and ghostbusters right as a franchise sort of rides on the Peter Venkman character Mm -hmm. that it is really hard Mm -hmm. to just be like, yeah, this here, we're going to do Ghostbusters three with what Egon, Ray, Winston, no Peter.
0: Yeah. There were all,
1: yeah, there were a lot of rumors that, um, that Bill Murray wouldn't come back unless they killed him. Mm -hmm. And spoiler alert for Ghostbusters 2016, he did come back for a cameo. And they killed him.
0: Okay, I was just trying to when you were saying that. I don't remember. They killed him?
1: They killed him in Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. How? Um, uh, they throw him out a window. Okay. And then Why'd they, do they that? don't even show the body because I'm I'm almost certain Bill Murray just like shot his scene and disappeared. Uh, yeah. I don't know why they didn't have a, a double on the ground or something, but like
0: Or did he come around and he wanted the door open for his return oh, no. maybe no, no. no, no okay because no, no. that's usually the thing in tv and movies where when you don't see a body you can't trust that it's dead right
1: yeah yeah no no, no. he's dead yeah but he also didn't want to be there he like shows up and sits in a chair mm-hmm. and does his scene yeah i can picture that and then is blasted out a window by that like uh in ghostbusters 2016 there's like a, a, p- a pterodactyl looking ghost mm-hmm. like blows him out a window <laughs> okay uh, that's 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 really yeah. it yeah it's uh that's what happens to him. It's rough. Yeah. Anyway, he was the main person holding back all this time, and and Dan Aykroyd would periodically go on TV or make some statement about mm-hmm. what he was doing with Ghostbusters Three. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the the most popular things that he would refer to is, uh, weirdly enough, as great as it is, it's like so specific. He would endlessly talk about wanting to do Ghostbusters Three with Eliza Dushku.
0: Oh. Okay. Yeah,
1: he'd be like, she's going to be great. She'll be one of the new girl Ghostbusters that we're going to have.
0: Had they worked together at some point or something? I don't know. Huh, okay. Know he just really that. liked her work as Faith?
1: I guess so, yeah. He's like, I, she's
0: I, into the like supernatural thing?
1: Sure. Weird. That would make a certain amount of sense, but I don't know. Huh. So anyway, um, some of the ideas for Ghostbusters 3 that were bandied about, a couple of these are Dan Aykroyd. A lot of these are just sort of like studio... Stuff trying to get their, their things in order, and one is sort of a pitch from a famous writer mm-hmm. um, that I find to be uh, uh, very uh, polarizing. Okay. Whatever, we'll get there. Okay. Uh, so, Dan Aykroyd's big Ghostbusters 3 idea, at least everybody thought, was called Ghostbusters 3 Hellbent. Uh, essentially, the idea is that in the 90s, Dan Aykroyd wrote a script for Ghostbusters 3, uh, which would have seen the team transported into an alternate version of Manhattan called man Helton yes man Helton yep now once again I want to point out that Dan Aykroyd's original idea for Ghostbusters ended with them being sent to an alternate dimension Mm -hmm. they made one two presumably Harold Ramis didn't help him on this one they're in an alternate dimension again yeah he could not get over this idea
0: he loved it are you gonna talk about the alternate dimension thing in Ghostbusters 2016
1: Oh sure I can. Yeah. But that's just my personal theory.
0: No, but like isn't it if you freeze frame and stuff you can see that the billboards are like from the 80s or something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I think it's more than personal theory.
1: Yeah, it's it's but here's the the problem is that like again, I think you and I've had this debate many mm-hmm. times. Even if it happens in the movie, mm-hmm. if no one thinks it did, it may as well not have.
0: Yeah, but if their intention was for it to have, then it did.
1: It's not even clear if their intention was at this point. They took the time to do it, but who the hell knows what it means. You know what I mean? It's, it, p- sorry.
0: It's got to mean something. Well, let's just
1: get into that yeah. then. Yeah, this is sort of a, a Right, jump. right. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, so Ghostbusters 2016, uh, the entire movie obviously – so there there were some production problems with that movie too,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which I think is pretty abundantly clear at this yeah. point because not only not only was it that movie uh, – completely crapped on Uh from the Ghostbusters fan base honestly that movie kind of craps on the Ghostbusters fan base the the villain of that movie is like a is basically a Dan Aykroyd type Um, it's this guy who believes in the paranormal granted he's doing horrible things yeah so he he is a villain but he's like like the the primary audience for Ghostbusters is like you know white schlubby dudes in like their 30s to 50s okay and the villain of that movie is a white schlubby dude and he's like very he's very Dan Aykroyd where he like he just like we'll we'll just talk to you about like like some odd paranormal thing yeah and then everyone's like what the hell's he talking about it's like the villain of that movie is Dan Aykroyd
0: huh I never thought about that before yeah I don't think it's taking a crap on it, though.
1: All right. Well, bust this. Yeah. At the end of Ghostbusters, the original, mm-hmm. Gozer says,
0: Bust this. Bust
1: this. Go ahead. Bust this, Ray Parker Jr. Gozer asks the Ghostbusters to choose the, the its destructor form. Yes. Choose the form. And Dan Aykroyd chooses the form of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Right. They have to echo some sort of a choose-the-form thing in Ghostbusters 2016 for some reason.
2: Mm-hmm. So at
1: the end of the movie, the bad guy goes, what form should I take? And he says it like that. And it's not it doesn't feel based in lore. It feels uh, based in a need to playful, echo the original. Playful evil. <laughs> I guess. It's bizarre. And uh, uh, I think it is, it might be Leslie Jones goes like, I want you to be a cute little ghost so that I can stomp you or so whatever. Uh-huh. And he goes, like this? And he takes the form of the Ghostbusters logo. huh. And then the new Ghostbusters Man, that everybody... Man, this is
0: like new information to me. I've seen this movie and I don't remember this at all.
1: Yeah. The Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters that everybody seemed to be completely against, then fight the Ghostbusters logo. And so it's um, it, it's like metaphorically, yeah. It's like we like, need to destroy what this old, is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, That is that. Yeah, that is weird.
1: Yeah, hmm. it's strange. Mm-hmm. Now, on the one hand, it's very tidy, clean, and it's obvious to yeah. make the ghost from the logo something you fight. Right. That's great. Yeah, there's
0: a reason that you're against that thing. Right.
1: It's weird to take mm-hmm. the villain who seems to be like an on the spectrum uh, paranormal lover guy turn him into the bad guy Mm -hmm. have these new characters that everyone's really concerned about destroy him and then he becomes the Ghostbusters logo and they destroy that too
0: that is weird is this like a known theory online is this a thing
1: I think people have talked about it huh weird but the thing that Kristen brought up that I did not talk about in all this yes is that for some reason now this is in the script I believe I I don't know why I read the script but I did God, William. I don't know what to tell you about that. That's that's neither here nor there. It's neither here nor there. I saw the movie, and then I think I read parts of the script. And in the script, they describe the new Ghostbusters as going to Times Square, which has been transformed into the pre-Giuliani era Times Square. Uh, So before the sort of Disneyfication of New York that made it very family friendly, Mm -hmm. Times Square was a grungy place with like, you know, like very seedy. Yeah. And so I was like, this is an awesome idea. And and it makes it feel to me, at least, like it's physically returning the Ghostbusters. To the place they came from right. of the 1984 original Ghostbusters, and it always drove me a little bit crazy because, um, like, I get I get really hung up on continuity, and I can be very literal. I think, mm-hmm. and it it really kind of frustrates me that the original trailer for Ghostbusters 2016 started with text that was like 30 years ago. Four scientists from New York, yeah. created a blow, and you're like, oh, so it's in universe, right? So. Peter, Ray, Winston, and Egon did all this stuff 30 years ago. And now the new modern Ghostbusters are gonna follow up on that. And yeah. then it was clear that they were not doing that. Mm-hmm. They were starting fresh. But then in the script, going sending Times Square, dialing it back to look like it's 30 years older. Right. I was like, oh, maybe they hadn't some idea of the original Ghostbusters being there. You would hear Ray mm-hmm. or, you know, Peter going like what the hell are they doing? Or, you know, something like that. And you'd be like, yeah. oh, they exist. Yeah. They exist in this this alternate 1984 or something like right. that. And I was like, but that wasn't in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I watched the movie again, and it is. But they don't talk about it. Yeah. And they don't, they don't use it to any effect. Right. But you can see in the 2016 Ghostbusters movie that when they go to Times Square, a bunch of ghost, shimmery, whatever stuff descends on Times Square and turns all the billboards... All the modern billboards into old 1980s style billboards. Mm -hmm. And modern New York City becomes gritty, grungy 80s New York City. Yeah. Why? We may never know.
0: Some sort of other dimension thing.
1: Why did they spend the money to do that? And not do anything with it.
0: I can only assume that they were planning to do something with it in some way. Whether that means within that movie or in a sequel that isn't happening, obviously, that you can notice ties back to the first. There was a purpose for that in the works. Because wh- You're right. Why else would you spend the money?
1: It is cuckoo. Mm-hmm. It is really, really bizarre. Yeah. And there, um, there are a lot of... Um, actually, Dan Aykroyd later after the movie came out and did not do well and Mm -hmm. obviously was this like embarrassingly polarizing can everyone chill yeah even if you don't like it it's a it's a Ghostbusters movie it's a movie it's entertainment right over yourself it's fine undo the sweetness of the other Ghostbusters you ruined my childhood Your childhood was already ruined because you grew (laughs) up to be so bitter yeah exactly you ruined your childhood nothing to be done let people enjoy stuff Mm -hmm. says the guy that like complains endlessly about things but no I don't think you really do um so anyway, Dan Aykroyd, after the movie came out, he was on like some like Good Morning America type show, and he's, oh, it's a it's a really wild clip. Everybody should watch this. He goes I feel like he's every like, Dan
0: Aykroyd interview clip is wild in some way.
1: He goes off book, and there's still yeah. there's no book. Right? It's incredible. He it, does it every time. Yeah, absolutely. He goes like we uh we tried to tell the director to that there were certain uh, key scenes that he should shoot, and he said he didn't need them, and the movie came out, and we found out. He needed them, but um, they spent Oof. all this money trying to fix it, and, um, well, let's just put it this way. He won't be back on the Sony lot anytime soon. Yikes. Says Poor Ackroyd Says that down the camera. Yeah. God. Paul Feig is He's somewhere pissed. in his three-piece suit. Yeah. And and hat. His he vest p- has tears on it. Pulled his the brim of his hat <laughs> down over his eyes. <laughs> Try to hide. Paul Feig is... Biting
0: was, down on his tie.
1: Yeah. Paul Feig was at the Ghostbusters Fan Fest and somebody took a video of him going like, hey, will there ever be a sequel to Ghostbusters 2016? Uh And he, this is a diplomatic response. This is not based in reality. Uh People are sharing it as if it is. His response was like, well, if the people want it, you know, if there's enough of an outcry, of course, I would love to do it. I would love to do that. It's like, that's both true and it's not happening.
0: Yes. Yes. Because if... If he says that and an outcry does happen, then like, okay, sure. Yeah,
1: then let's then let's so do it.
0: It's worth saying. The but... only thing
1: that dictates the business is the business of it.
0: Right. So if enough
1: people suddenly yes. turned and we're like, Sure. Ghostbusters twenty sixteen is a work of art. Yeah, it's a modern masterpiece. Then they'll make another. Absolutely. But that's not happening. No. Um so anyway, yeah, it was my theory or like one of the things that I really uh uh wanted to do way back. A couple of years ago, I wrote a thing called How I Would Reboot Scream. Mm-hmm. Basically, because there were there was a lot of, and still is, uh, trouble with the license for Scream and what's being done with it, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm a writer, an aspiring writer, whatever. Let me do my take, yeah. completely unfettered of anybody's influence, and just put it online. Yeah. You can like it, you can dislike it, who cares? I had been prepping doing, on the heels of that, How I Would Reboot Ghostbusters. Oh, cool. And the big thing that I would have done at the time... Was, um, I would have taken Ghostbusters the video game, mm-hmm. which functions today as a sort of Ghostbusters 3, Yep, and I would have remade it, would have remade it. Yeah. You know what? I'm getting really ahead of myself. Do it.
0: <laughs> do whatever you want. Go in whatever order you want.
1: Screw it. Let's talk about yeah. stuff that exists, and then I'll talk to you about stuff that almost okay. existed. Okay. So Ghostbusters the video game, mm-hmm. uh, uh, made pretty big news when it came out, um, because, uh, it was said to have been written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis again. Yep. It turns out that's not exactly true. The, the There were people that wrote the script and then passed it to Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis and had them do their own pass oh, okay. of it. Mm-hmm. But that still counts. Like totally. You get a writer's credit for like polishing up and adding yeah. the right characters and stuff like but that. But it wasn't their story. wasn't their story. But it does pl- pay homage to pays fromage homage <laughs> to uh, Dan Aykroyd's original idea, as I mentioned before, Man Helton, tra- traveling to other dimensions. Yeah. Um, it follows the Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters. Everybody came back. Um, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Bill Murray. Um, I always forget it's Winston's. It's really cool. Winston Zedmore's name.
0: Oh, God. Ray Parker, Jr.
1: No, that he sang oh, the song. damn it.
0: Um, what the hell is his name? You were close. Name? Hold on. I
1: always forget his name. Ernie Hudson.
0: Ernie Hudson. Yep.
1: Um, they all came back. They wanted to get Rick Moranis. He said no. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't afford to put his character in the game anyway because yeah. they they couldn't build the model and animate it, so they were going to put him in a full body cast.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh.
1: It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, have like- Lewis Tully like have suffered a big fall yes. before the events of the game. They asked uh, Sigourney Weaver if she would come back, and she said, video game? No. Mm-hmm. And found out way later that everyone else came back, and she was like,
0: Oh, oh, man. That is a real bummer if you're like, no, that's like a weird off-market thing. I don't want to like, be the only one doing that and be like, oh, everybody else did it? Yeah,
1: exactly. So Ghostbusters, the original, obviously was about this guy, Evo Shandor, this dark architect guy who worshipped Gozer and had his own destructor form, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they defeat Gozer. Ghostbusters 2 was all about this pink river of slime under the city. How the hell did it get there? Mm-hmm. And it brings this spirit Vigo out of this painting. They end up defeating Vigo at the end. Uh, Ghostbusters 3, the video game, I'm calling it anyway. uh, uh, Ghostbusters, the video game, follows up on both of those points. Yeah. They end up tying the Pink River of Slime together with Evo Shandor to say that Evo Shandor was one of several powerful businessmen in New York City who designed the layout of Manhattan as a mandala. Yeah, So there is... The Stanwyck Hotel, where they originally fought Slimer, there is the art museum where the where where Evo where um
0: uh, Sigourney
1: Sigourney Weaver worked, but what's his name? Vigo the Carpathian. Vigo. Mm-hmm. Vigo I was trying to think. Carpathian what's her name? From Dana. Dana Barrett. Okay. Uh, uh, and there are just like all these different sort of hot spots, and Evo Shandor and all these rich, powerful businessmen were uh like building these rivers of slime under the city because it conducts. You know, the, the paranormal, it's like ectoplasm, yeah. whatever powers ghosts. Right. Sure, whatever. So, Ghostbusters, the video game, ties a bow on everything. And you end up finding out that Evo Shandor, who died 100 years ago, failing, being failed by, quite yeah. frankly, Gozer, who's been worshiping. You're supposed to come back and destroy yeah, yeah. everything. Evo Shandor in the spirit world considers Gozer a failure. He's going to do things himself this time. The villain of Ghostbusters, the video game, is Evo Shandor, whose name dropped in the original Ghostbusters. It tidies everything up. It's incredible. It even takes Ghostbusters 2, which most people dump on, and makes it essential. Yeah, I I, I enjoy it. I never never felt like Ghostbusters 2 was a drop. Yeah. Um, But so my idea then for how how I would fix, quote-unquote, Ghostbusters, Mm -hmm. is uh, Bill Murray, while he is in the video game, Evidently, he, you know, for the sake of argument, he had his lines to record. He showed up in like pajamas and would leave early or just wouldn't show up. He recorded something like 60% of his lines. Uh. (laughs) And a lot of the time, he sounds kind of sleepy. Yeah. Like he'll just kind of be like, don't tell me we have to do that again. <laughs> and it's just like, can you say that with a little more light? Are you awake, Mr. Mr. Murray? That was great, Mr. Murray. Yeah. We're going to go again. Where is he? Yeah. Where, is, where did he go? I he was, fell down. Oh, he's, he's, asleep. Be, he's below my eyeline. He's asleep. So my thing is, you do that again. Obviously, Harold Ramis has passed. Yes, there's not much that you can mm-hmm. do. I, like I feel like it's it's tricky to touch sort of the Harold Ramis legacy, and you want I to know. leave the character of Egon alone. But you have all this amazing material that he wrote, right? He recorded that video games, as popular as they are, most people don't interact with them. Here's what you do: you take all those recordings, you take that original story, and you make a CGI movie, yeah, where you have all of those characters again. And then Ghostbusters the video game is the video game version. Of that movie, you call it Ghostbusters 3.
0: It makes complete sense. You get it's a com- such a good
1: story. You get a complete do-over. Sigourney Weaver later regretted yeah. not taking the job. So give so her the chance. Take, give her the chance. Go back to the original scripts. Dana Barrett's back in. Yeah. It's the proper Ghostbusters 3. Mm-hmm. Have Bill Murray come back to record the other 40% <laughs> of his lines. You're Give gonna him a get, cup of coffee. Give him a cup of coffee. He'll do, you know, an additional 20% of them. He still or- won't do the whole thing.
0: Or tell him that it's like a college student's birthday party that he can crash. He'll show up. Yeah,
1: exactly. We need some life advice, Bill Murray. Find okay, I'm there. So creepy. Why I... is this all about ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> Just trust us. Trust us. <laughs> um, so you still won't get him to do everything, but you'll yeah. have a little bit more. Craft Ghostbusters 3. There you go. Everybody's happy. And you can yeah. close the book on that. You can close the book on that passage of time. That that, that, that was a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's even, I think, uh, an opportunity to, um, in Ghostbusters, the video game, you you walk through New York City. You're, you play as a new Ghostbusters. Mm. You, you don't play as one of the four main Ghostbusters. You yeah. play as a new rookie, yeah. it's called. Uh, one of the, the levels of the video game is you're walking through New York City picking off ghosts one by one as like Egon drives the Ecto-1 next to you. Yeah. Uh, You walk through New York uh, 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 Times Square, Gozer comes back.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh There's some good jokes in this game, Kristen.
0: Yeah, I watched all the cutscenes. I know, there's yeah. some good it's...
1: jokes in it. Yeah. Gozer comes back. I really back, enjoyed it. Which is, on the one hand, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's a Ghostbusters video game. You want to be able to fight Stay Puffed. Yeah. So the story explanation within the game is they don't know why Stay Puffed is back. They're uh-huh. thrown, and they're like, why is Gozer in the form of Stay Puffed again? And then Dan Aykroyd raised stance played by Dan Aykroyd, right. starts going, Kozer must be locked into whatever destructor form was picked per dimension. I guess I made a pretty good selection after all. It's like, that's a great joke.
0: It's, it is a great joke. and It's also so much less clunky to have them also be like, huh, how did we find a way to how get him this back? Happen? And you it know? becomes the point. Right. You fight
1: Stay Puft early on, and yeah. then you're supposed to wonder why. Gozer That's awesome. Even came back.
0: That's like giving you You'd what you want. Unravel but it further, making it make sense and not just yeah.
1: shoehorned in. And what a good joke for it to be like they—they yes. they were upset with Ray in the first one for picking a, a marshmallow man as the destructor form, mm-hmm. and now hey, good thing I did. Thank we know God. how to beat this guy. Yeah. Um, it's it's wonderful. It is. It's wonderful. Anyway, as you're walking through Times Square in that game, I feel like I feel like there should be an Easter egg mm-hmm. where you can look down an alleyway and see the 2016 Ghostbusters doing their thing. Yeah. You can't interact with them, but they, but now you tie them together.
0: Yeah. You made it explicit. What was hinted at?
1: Yes. There's mm-hmm. just an alternate re- there. The, Ghostbusters 2016 didn't throw away the rest. It's just a different version right. of reality. That's I think what that's it has that's I love that. Um, but obviously, that's not what's happening. No, it's not what's happening. No. Uh, here, maybe it will
0: someday. The way that sequels work now, you can really like skip things. You know, that's what I mean? True. And go back to them potentially.
1: Yeah, I really think that Ghostbusters 2016 deserves a little more. I r- mean, you know, respect.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it enough. I, I don't love it, but I had a good time in theater, especially that fight scene. I loved that fight scene. I or battle scene or whatever.
1: I will. I did not like that movie. Yeah, but. I think that the way that movies are made today, that wasn't a movie. Mm-hmm. That was episode one of what was supposed to be a yes. new series.
0: Yes, that is completely true. It smacks of the beginning.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it was it was probably poor from a strategic point to mm-hmm. make the movie that way. Yeah. Because now it just feels unfinished and weird. Yeah, totally. But I would like to have seen more and seen them figure it out. Yeah. With TV, you have to find your footing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to like let shows sort of settle into their grooves. Yeah. Um, with movies, it is supposed to be right out of the box. It's great. Right. And they didn't do that.
0: I think but, there's so many franchises now. It's yep. so tempting. Yes.
1: And that's why you mm-hmm. have to be in the TV mindset. Yeah. Let's see where they go with this. And they didn't get the opportunity. Yes. Um, uh. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Let Let's. Let me just say some weird things that, uh-huh. that Dan Aykroyd said. Please. All right. You never got enough of them. So the, the failed Ghostbusters 3s that we never got. Yeah. Ghostbusters 3, hellbent. They go to Man Helton. Uh, Everybody has an evil twin. Okay. Um, The big bad would have been uh, the devil himself, except he's a Donald Trump-like character named Luke Siffler.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. It's
1: even worse than I thought. Yeah. (laughs) I always remembered this as the devil's name is Lou Siffler, which is at least closer. Right. Luke Is it? luke silfer You i got it even wrong again it's luke silfer
0: oh my god
1: yeah now even we're running into a lot of weird name stuff this episode oh it's terrible mm-hmm. even if you have a character go like luke silfer is that why they call you Luke? it's like i thought it was lucifer it's like yeah everyone gets it wrong yeah. even if they said that i would still be like this sucks I eye this sucks <laughs> it sucks Aykroyd co-wrote the script with his Coneheads writing partner, Tom Davis. Uh, and the, and then it says this. It was one of the funnier takes on a Ghostbusters sequel out there, which makes me wonder if Dan Aykroyd was online (laughs) wrote this
0: you know i was i've been doing a lot of imdb combing myself well i always do but in the last couple of days and i was thinking about how much better the imdb trivia was before you could submit things
1: oh my god the imdb trivia it used to be
0: nice and clean it was probably somebody's job to like transcribe the dvd commentaries onto the trivia they probably had the best job in the world and now it's a mess
1: it's it's imdb trivia is like a a a is that where you got that no
0: no oh god because that smacks me of like somebody's uploaded imdb trivia that's like what
1: i would not be shocked if the ghostbusters yeah. imdb trivia is just like overstuffed with crap
0: i have a t- i have a ton of imdb trivia in mine awesome
1: not um, goofy ones but there if you go to specifically one of the ones that i found that was out of control is jurassic park oh if yeah, you look at the jurassic park trivia section it's it's full it's like it's like 10 pages it's of clearly stuff like, like this are, guy one yeah. guy
0: People You'll notice like, a pattern in writing
1: style. Totally. people. It'll be like, the uh, uh a noted leaf eater, is seen in the background of one shot actually eating a fern. <laughs> this is a reference to uh, when Jeff Goldblum in the first movie says something about a fern. And you're like, no, it's not. Yeah, They made the dinosaur eat a fern, and they screwed ferns up. ferns were around. You're looking too close, man. Yeah. You're looking too close. You gotta pull back. it just be like, "This, r- this reminds one. Like, it, it, trivia now in those sections is less of, like, actual trivia about the movie. Yeah, it's just facts about the movie. And it's more like, Jeff Goldblum says his iconic line from the first movie again. This reminds yeah. one about the effect of the blockbuster on the modern conscious.
0: Yeah, right. Like, well, which? <laughs> and that's not, trivia. not trivia. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not trivia. My God. My God. Anyway, <laughs> later in 2012, Dan Aykroyd uh, talked about the Manhattan <laughs> idea and said it was not his idea for Ghostbusters 3. It was his idea for Ghostbusters 4 or 5 Oh, okay. once the franchise was back up and running. What? I don't understand. He's, too, he's, he's, always, he's always too far ahead of himself. Yeah. Always. He said to Larry King in 2013, the pressing issue here is the particle physics and how they affect our fourth dimension. He was trying to work in real life science or mm-hmm. something, and then he said that there will be a role for Larry King in the movie, because Larry King had a cameo in the first one, so he'd be in this new one. And then, he, and then when asked if Bill Murray would be in it, he said there will always be a hole for Bill Murray. Okay. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what he said to Larry.
0: Well, King. thanks for answering that so normally, Dan. That was me being Larry King.
1: Dan, we're out of time again. What a normal answer. That's right, he's raspier. <laughs> what a normal answer. What a normal answer. such a great line. All right, Max Landis. you know who this is? Mm, no he uh uh he's, he's uh, uh he's been accused of some stuff mm-hmm. he's the son of john landis yeah he's a filmmaker as well okay uh he wrote the movie chronicle maybe directed it okay he did a bunch of stuff okay anyway i know papa he put his pitch for <laughs> ghostbusters is papa he put his pitch for a ghostbusters movie online there's a whole intro about evo uh, shandor murdering a man uh, murdering a big fat man, a big fat slovenly man. It's Slimer. He was going to set up the origin of Slimer in his movie. Slimer origins. Um, Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters would be a global franchise, but they're going bankrupt. One of the teams. Oh, let me get into the team idea. Uh He wanted there to be different teams of Ghostbusters all over the place, and they would be based on different, like then modern comedy duo teams yeah so there would be a team of ghostbusters that was basically the parks and rec crew okay a team of ghostbusters that was seth rogan and james franco and that whole crew and a key and peel okay sort of themed huh crew wow um that's a lot though it's a lot it's, a, it's lot. a lot of personality it's a lot it rides on a lot of the um the the popular idea of ghostbusters 3 at the time of just being like oh well uh, you know knocked up is huge uh-huh Seth Rogen's a, a, a like sort of a schlubby guy. Yeah. Make him a yeah. ghostbuster Yeah. I think that probably could have worked. It
0: Makes sense, honestly.
1: It's probably good they didn't because that Judd Apatow improvathon yes. comedy has not. If
0: that was well. applied, no. If that was applied to Ghostbusters, that'd be a real bummer.
1: Yeah. When, and it, and it was.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It definitely. It definitely was. That's why
1: there are yeah. five thousand jokes about wontons in the new in the 2016 Ghostbusters. Movie.
0: <laughs> I meant if there was a good script and stuff, and yet they were doing a million takes of things in that kind of style, it'd be a bummer because you're like, this is good, but. Oh I'm so tired of like he looks like a fried egg. He looks like the sun took a dump.
1: You know how I know you're a ghost? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, Ghostbusters 2016 did – yeah, the, the one thing they didn't have that you just talked about is a good script.
0: That's what I'm saying. It, it, it was just all so not you're great. saying it's
1: so much easier to, to digest the yes. 2016 one because it wasn't – the script was bad to begin yes. with? Yes,
0: yes, I am. Okay, I'm saying if the story was all good and everything and you like it but you're just like, oh, God, they keep going on these like improv tears yeah. that would be like so close but not there.
1: There's a moment in the 2016 Ghostbusters where uh, Melissa McCarthy goes, I hate you, you. <laughs> And especially you, and they don't cut to what she's talking about, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I've heard her improv that and other stuff before. You, you, and it especially sounds, you. It I,
0: definitely sounds familiar. I
1: swear I've heard her do that somewhere else.
0: It sounds right. But
1: I may never know where. <laughs> um, Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stupinsky from The Office wrote a version. For a long time, they were touted as yes, the next people. I remember. Too. Revive it. And then there's this idea from Ivan Reitman, the original director that I had never heard of uh, Ghostbusters Alive Again. Venkman has a son named Chris. Okay. Not Oscar from Ghostbusters 2. Okay. Chris, who would be played by Adam Pally, Charlie Day, or Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. It's weird. That's weird. One of these things is not
0: like the others. No.
1: Zach Galifianakis would have been the comedic relief. Okay. It's a comedy movie, right? Right, right. Sacha Baron Cohen or Will Ferrell would play nuiko New- G-N-I-E-W-K-O, the villain. I mean,
0: maybe the name would be a little bit of a joke?
1: Maybe, maybe. Uh, and Aubrey Plaza would have been one of the leads, which I actually could see. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza mm-hmm. as, a, as a non-plussed, unimpressed Ghostbuster. Yeah, that makes sense. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm way into that. That's great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, those are the Ghostbusters three that we never got to see. Yeah. It's probably okay. Yeah. It's probably okay. Um. So I'll wrap this up. Uh. Actually, I'll give you one little fun factoid. Okay. So Ghostbusters spawned a cartoon show that people really like. It's called The Real Ghostbusters. Yep. Um, and the reason they had to call it that is because there was a cartoon show based on that other Ghostbusters thing with the monkey named Tracy. Mm-hmm. So they, they couldn't call it the Ghostbusters, the TV show. So they had to call it the real Ghostbusters. It's
0: like on Instagram when your name's taken for a celebrity. And they'll be like, the real Kelly
1: Ripa. 100%. Yeah. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. The way they justified it in the show was to say that Ghostbusters 1984 was a movie based on. Oh, the exploits of the real Ghostbusters that are here on the cartoon show. Okay, right? that's kind of cute. Yeah, it, it was yeah. pretty cute. Uh, uh, Peter Venkman was voiced by Dave Coulier. Yep. So he goes from you know dry Bill Murray to being like, like
0: doing the jackalope. A
1: clo- <laughs> oh my god! I wonder if they one ever fought one side of the
0: spectrum a- to the other. Is
1: there any chance they fought a jackalope <laughs> on the show?
0: I think it's likely.
1: Ernie Hudson uh, had to audition to pl- to. Be Winston on the show? Why? And he didn't get the part.
0: What? That's weird. It's really weird. Could it be that he had, like, his monetary demands were too high or something?
1: It's possible.
0: Because how could it be? I mean, he was Winston.
1: It's possible. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, that, that is neither here nor there. Uh, they gave Egon blonde hair, by the way.
0: Yes, that I remember. Very weird. I don't know. I didn't like that choice. And
1: then they, when they did Extreme Ghostbusters, he was really the only one who came back. All mm-hmm. the other characters eventually returned for like a two-part finale. Yeah. But it was basically Egon was now the boss. Need the info. Back <laughs> at the home base. He was almost like a screech. Hanging out, you know, for uh, Saved by the Bell, the new class. Yeah, yeah. still around for some reason. Yeah. Okay. Um, Now the Ghostbusters that we're gonna get, people are calling it Ghostbusters Mm three. It's not. Right. But it's supposed to be the follow up to the original two movies. Um, Jason Reitman, son Mm -hmm. of Ivan Reitman, Mm -hmm. is directing it. So there's a lineage thing going on there that I find appealing. Totally. Sigourney Weaver is confirmed as returning as Dana Barrett. She has been talking about. Being excited to work with the boys again, Mm -hmm. which heavily suggests that Dan Aykroyd, uh, Bill Murray, and Ernie Hudson will be back. Mm -hmm. Um, But all that's known, and that was revealed this past weekend at Ghostbusters Fan Fest, was Jason Reitman saying that he had the idea for the story when he pictured in his mind's eye a little girl wearing a proton pack. And he was really interested in who she was. And what that could mean. And so he started to think about it and write about it and try to develop it. And it eventually turned into a family. And he said, the family ties into the original Ghostbusters. But I won't reveal how yet. They don't know how yet. Hmm. But they will find out. Yeah. And so that uh, is sort of the, the, the new vibe. Okay. For, for the record, Dan Aykroyd has said that once they're done with this, he would like to do a Ghostbusters movie where they meet in high school.
0: Oh, that's right. You told me about that. Yeah.
1: Where Peter Ray and Egon meet in high school.
0: Mhm. I don't I'm good. And
1: everyone kind of went, "Oh." Yeah. <laughs> okay, is that happening? I guess he
0: wants to start the new generation or something. Yeah. But, somebody you know, somebody
1: went like, I, "Oh, is that is that happening?" And he went, "Well, it's been talked about and the script is on uh, Jason's desk, so if he wants to uh read, I don't know if he's read it yet." yeah Like, okay
0: <laughs> is dumb and
1: no is dumb and dumber or the the sequel wait which one's the prequel what's it called dumb and dumber
0: okay yeah yeah i don't like seeing people that we already know and no, and they're supposed to be them as teens or no whatever i don't like that no the only time that. that it's good is in austin powers <laughs> 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 that's a good part all those kids
1: do a great job i guess so. besides that i have no use for it so jason biggs does he do something maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe. If they have to be like, if there's a young Dan Aykroyd type yeah. who's going like, I think the principal might be a ghost. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You like that. You just laughed. I do. <laughs> I, don't
0: know, you know, I, I, I don't know if I like it enough to watch a movie or if I like the experience of that joke you made. <laughs> yeah. Let's say that.
1: Somebody who has to be as quippy as Peter Venkman, but they're 15.
0: Yeah. No one Too precocious. That. No one
1: needs that. No. Leave it alone
0: although think of how much you love the Stranger Things kids like could there be other people out there like that but Bill Murray is such a hearts?
1: type I know they would just tell a kid to act like Bill Murray I would say, that's it'd just be problem. impressions
0: the whole time yes. that's why it's annoying it would be impossible it's not really acting it would be yeah. impossible unless they decided to abandon that and just made teenage ghostbusters I guess but I that
1: wouldn't be safe no they're not gonna do that they're gonna have <laughs> no. a child pretend to be safe. they're gonna have a child pretend to be Bill Murray in his 40s yeah that's what's gonna happen you know well, Indiana Jones. If that gets
0: off the ground, I'm, I'm.
1: Oh, it's not happening. Not gonna hold my breath. Yeah, you know Indiana Jones and uh, the 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 Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. How it opens with Rivers Phoenix playing young Indiana Jones. Yeah. If you rewatch that, one, it's great. Mm-hmm. Two, he's got every single trait and characteristic yeah. of Indiana Jones as portrayed by Harrison Ford, which is really impressive. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a 40 year old man even when he was 15. <laughs> How is that possible? He's like grabbing people by the top. Yeah, right. Like leaning in. It's like, this isn't what a kid is like.
0: Well, you know, some kids pick up on mannerisms of adults around them or something.
1: It's supernatural.
0: It's crazy. It's really
1: funny. Anyway, that's a that's a very rocky, troubled history of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Portrayed in a, a, a lot of time. That was like a Pulp Fiction version of the, go- the history of <laughs> Ghostbusters. Zip zooming yeah. all over time.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, there's zip-zooming through dimensions, so why do we have to adhere to linear time? Exactly. Forget Thank it. You. Thank you. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the Men in Black movies. Um, like I said before, we talked about the actual Men in Black, like stories of people coming up to people who have had alien experiences or whatever, or maybe being aliens themselves, in episode 47. So if you want to hear that, you can go there. But this is about the movies. So... I didn't realize it's based off the comic book series. Mm. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. There were three comics out at the time that the movie was developed and they were by Lowell Cunningham, which is a very good name. Um, They were serious in tone. They're not like funny, like fun, goofy comic books. And in them, the Men in Black deal with things of like not just aliens but like anything paranormal so demons mutants zombies werewolves and vampires are all covered and all under kind of the purview of the men in black in the comics okay
1: so the like the men in black just handle like odd anything weird yeah, basically yeah.
0: yeah um and a lot of i mean there are a lot of things that are the same like zed is there who's ripped torn in the movies um J and k are agents in it but there's also an agent named x who, um e uh, yeah, E-C-K-S, who ends up going rogue because he finds out what their legit mission is. They're not just supposed to just be kind of like policing these things and keeping it calm. They're manipulating and shaping the world by keeping the supernatural hidden.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, so they're they're kind of controlling and puppermastering things, and X doesn't like it. So he bounces, and I think he's more of a character in the
1: future comic books. Huh, that's, that's an intriguing storyline.
0: I know. It sounds pretty good to me um other things that are the same are that you have to leave your life behind to become a man in black um so as far as the world knows you don't exist the Neuralizer is there but also the comic books go further because they're a little bit darker and more serious and you can basically if it's a means to an end and it has to happen you can kill people destroy oh, wow. things whatever the men in black are a lot more ruthless yeah, yeah. a lot less jokey so here is, I'm going to talk about each of the Men in Black movies and where applicable, which is pretty much only the first one, give pieces of trivia that are interesting and not just like, not just behind the scenes movie. Interesting. I tried to pick some things that are like having to do with UFOs and stuff like that. Yeah. So in case you guys haven't seen it or you don't remember or whatever, Men in Black came out in 1997 and here is the plot uh, as written by me. It is a top-secret organization tasked with policing alien activity on Earth. They recruit Will Smith into the fold, and he's known as Agent J, and he's partnered with Lee Jones, who's Agent K. They find out there's an alien terrorist plot to steal a source of major power that's being currently hidden on Earth, and J and Kay has to stop them. Jay has got to get him one of these.
1: <laughs> Space guns, cars,
0: etc. Yeah. Any um, any any stuff. Basically.
1: He he should say that like about everything. In, in every the movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. About uh, in every movie and yeah. about everything in that movie.
0: Well, because that's from uh Independence Day. Oh my god, it is. I think so. I think he says on in Independence Day, but I just always think of him saying it.
1: Man, what was up with Will Smith and like supernatural, paranormal
0: I know for alien a while? stuff for a while. I didn't think about it, and also apparently I didn't include this, but I found it. He was he didn't like being known as Mr. Fourth of July because he kept having blockbusters that came
1: out on the Fourth of July. Mr. Fourth of July. I
0: know. I was like, who's
1: calling him that? I've never heard that before. Also. Why wouldn't you want to be known as the person that has blockbusters coming out every Fourth of July? Yeah, you
0: don't want to be pigeonholed as kicking ass? Like,
1: I'm sorry, you did you did Independence Day, Men in Black, Men in Black Two, and Three, right? I Robot um the gemini man thing we talked about recently was the last man on earth Mm -hmm. can't remember what it's called yeah he wild wild west he frequently did like action comedies that had a sci-fi paranormal horror twist yes frequently
0: i know i i had never thought about it before today Mm. but it's true it's crazy i know mr fourth of july i didn't care mr
1: fourth of july
0: it's so weird (laughs) so here's um Here's a standout line. There are a few things through this where it's like, oh, yeah, remember that? That was like a big deal. And they're in the trailers. The standout line for me of the trailer is, you know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good.
1: <laughs> yeah, because Tommy Lee Jones makes it look like crap. Yeah. Looks like Tommy Lee Jones trash. is filling out
0: his suit just fine. He looks great. <laughs> look
1: at the way he fills out that suit. Yeah. Oh, my
0: oh my um men in black is the highest grossing buddy comedy ever oh wow still to this day that's great in second place rush hour two Whoa. not rush hour one
1: <laughs> yeah no i think
0: it's funny two. maybe rush hour two came back with a vengeance and everybody loved it and i don't remember that i guess so um oh i thought it was just fun and interesting that barry sonnenfeld who did the adams family directed this
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a very Tim Burton quality yeah. at the to the beginning of Men in Black. One, yes. um, the font of mm-hmm. the opening credits is very Tim Burton. Yeah. Everything is a little dark and twisted yeah
0: it sounds right when i found that i was like oh of course he did and danny elfman did the score for
1: men in black yeah that's why too Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of people even watch adam's family and assume it was a tim burton movie but it is not
0: exactly and they also assume that danny elfman did the score for that and he didn't it was mark shaman mark shaman come on come on my ear can recognize the difference between an elfman and a shaman i always know
1: (laughs) elf or she it's the same (laughs) otherwise
0: El Forche, make your choice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll pick both. I recently added a bunch of Danny Elfman to my like horror scores oh, that's playlist a great that idea. I worked to. Oh, yeah. duh. Yeah.
0: That's a great idea. Okay, so here is some trivia about Men in Black. So apparently it got a lot of things about space correct like they were they were pretty accurate there's a website called bad astronomy which is famed for bashing science fiction movies about their scientific blunders but they praise this for being committed uh comedic yet surprisingly accurate
1: that's great i know i love that who
0: would have thought Um, The film was going to be set in underground bases and locations, including Kansas, Washington, D.C., and Nevada. But Barry Sonnenfeld made New York City the film's main Earth location because he thought it was more believable that aliens could be hiding out in plain sight there and also that nobody would care. Like, just kind of the stereotype of New York being, like, crazy or whatever. Isn't that so It's really
1: tidy. It's funny. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so right for you to to cover Men in Black. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, as I cover Ghostbusters, because yeah. I I didn't think about that too. But you're right; like they're both set in New York City, right? And like honestly, there's a lot about Men in Black that sounds like Dan Aykroyd's original Ghostbusters idea. It's
0: kind of true,
1: right? Yes. Like he wanted it to be that like they're all over the place and they go interstellar and stuff, mm-hmm. and there are tons of teams. Men in Black is international, intergalactic. Yep, there's tons of them. The only difference is blue collar. I guess this is is well, this blue collar?
0: No, this no. They're, they work for like you know the government.
1: Yeah, but they are like I guess. Is I mean, it they're like, they're
0: like in the mess. I guess. guess I, I guess. I guess. I see what you're saying. Like they're like
1: police. Yeah, it's of. not white yeah. collar to be like responding no. to calls and shooting stuff, right? I you know what I mean?
0: Fancy blue
1: collar is a spy blue collar. Is you there such saying? a thing
0: as a starched blue collar? I know, it's yeah. Fancier.
1: But anyway, yeah. like, I think the, the, it, it's clear what we mean. Yes. Like, it's the same idea. They're policing, but one of them is like super slick spies, and the other one is like, you like know, like guys. Yeah yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, that's true. Huh. Um, so, yeah, he, he thought that um, New Yorkers would be more talented people who behave oddly so they could kind of like fly under the radar and he also which i thought was cool thought that many of the city's structures resembled flying saucers and rocket ships um which could be real spacecraft and other hidden tech hidden technology
1: love that too i know
0: isn't that awesome yeah so, like, if you read into it, you could, you could imagine that these things are kind of, like, all part of that alien landscape.
1: And they do that thing in the movie where, what is it, the World's Fair? Mm-hmm, they yeah. have those like tall structures that have, like, a disc at the top. They turn that into, literally, those being flying saucers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of organic
1: stuff that serves the story. Uh, similarly, similarly, I'm sorry, in Please. Ghostbusters they played a lot into the architecture of the city, obviously, but they, like, added more gargoyles all over the place. Yeah. They're both about the look of the city just looking at through a different lens
0: yeah oh that's great that's right that's oh great. my god it's so cool um this is just kind of a cool set fact they built the men in black headquarters that you see to look like a 1960s airport um and they did a 60s theme because the men in black was supposed to have been started up in the 60s so like if this was built when the men in black yeah. was created it would look all 60s and cool i um, mean it was also the decade of the space craze so it kind of like fit it's in very that way thoughtful There's a lot, there are a lot of Easter eggs in this that I was very surprised by. Um, and the airport was designed was because the men in black's extraterrestrial affairs include their arrival and settlement into earth which airports assist in oh I know okay so fun um, so here are some other Easter eggs so a lot of the I mean this is one of those things where I was like this is a little bit of a deep cut where maybe somebody just kind of went on and wrote this and it's it's searching a little bit perhaps but it still kind of makes sense so it's sort of cool um, the the trivia says that some of the men in Black. Black, traits and characteristics are in keeping with like the idea of the lore of Men in Black um, and planes like supposed witness encounters. So they said, witnesses have reported that they used outdated jokes and vernacular and that their dress and vehicle seem to be dated as well. And in Men in Black in the Chinese restaurant, Agent K tells James, be there or be square, an expression that's out of place for mid 90s, uh, mid 90s conversation. Oh, my
1: God. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Is the idea of the movie Men in Black, is it's specifically that cool cool guy Will Smith mm-hmm. makes the in, updates the entire Men in Black thing from being...
0: Like, square? Yeah. I don't know. I don't really think so. That seems like just kind of like a nod, like, yeah, Men in Black are dorky, and like, you know, K is the older guy, and he's going to say a dorky thing.
1: In Men in Black 2, everyone's wearing cooler suits and stuff.
0: Oh, I don't remember. Reading this also made me really want to watch them. Like when I was doing this, I was like, do I have enough time to watch all of the movies before we record? And yeah. I obviously didn't.
1: Man. Well, now so there maybe. are three Ghostbusters and three Men in Black movies. Yeah. Should we just block off a day? <laughs> just watch all of
0: Hell them? Hell yeah. Right? That sounds great.
1: I'll go Sunday? Yeah. Sunday sometime?
0: Yeah. That sounds awesome. Let's do it.
1: Yeah yeah
0: oh yeah oh uh, yeah um so the drivers who are smuggling an illegal aliens in the movie which i don't remember being a thing um along a road marked 375 claimed to have been fishing in Cuernavaca uh, cuernivaca 375 refers to nevada state road 375 known as the extraterrestrial highway because it's next to Area 51. Come on. So it's, you know, just a little thing. And then Cuernicava is a Mexican city in which British ufologist Gordon Creighton claimed a flying saucer had crashed near in 1951 and the saucer's dead aliens, thereupon whisked away by the US Air Force with Mexico's alleged cooperation.
1: Whoa. Yeah. Weird. Weird. So it's all, everything is woven in.
0: Yes. They really had some like alien nerds working on this. Um, This next one is the same kind of thing where just sort of some stuff from real life is slipped in to something that seems very, very throwaway. So this is regarding a line where I had to transcribe this from finding like a random clip on YouTube where J and K go to visit Vincent D'Onofrio's wife, um, Beatrice, who's played by Siobhan fallon hogan who was elaine's roommate on seinfeld and they're finding out what she's seen about aliens and they're going to neuralize her so before or no after they neuralize her Kay says all right beatrice there was no alien the flash of light you saw in the sky was not a ufo swamp gas from a weather balloon was trapped in a thermal pocket and refracted the light from venus so whatever (laughs) and that explanation just like mashes together a bunch of sightings and explanations for not sightings (laughs) ufo explanations um it nonsensically mis- mixes four of the most infamous cases of scientific explanations of UFO sightings by the U.S. government. Those include swamp gas, weather balloon, thermal pocket, and light from Venus, and they all correspond to real explanations.
1: Wow. Who would ever notice that unless they were like major UFO heads?
0: Totally. They must have had like a consultant or one of the writers. Was a UFO head who was, like, thrilled to death to get a job writing on this movie or something. Yeah,
1: and that's awesome that even, like, bits of dialogue that are not Mm -hmm. uh, meant to be considered deeply... No,
0: and picked apart.
1: ...mean something. Yes. If you look closer. I
0: I love that. I know. Um, Here's another one. As Kay checks on his ex-girlfriend in Truro, Massachusetts, the spy satellite at first locks on... Or, on a spot very near, two invisibly small firing rangers inside Otis Air National Guard Base, approximately 30 miles from Truro. This seems arbitrary or a goof, but nearby is the giant missile tracking radar of Cape Cod Force Station, home of the 6th Space Warning Squadron, one of whose tasks is to track all known Earth-orbiting objects or any new orbiting objects. Wow. So they were like, oh, if we're going to you know, be tracking things anyway, let's make it something yeah, cool. Yeah,
1: let's play into that. It's
0: awesome. Um. So here are just some weird casting switcheroo's. I feel like those are always fun to hear, even if it's yeah, not. Yeah, what could have been. Yeah, exactly. Um, Clint Eastwood turned down the role of K. Good. Cr- yeah, Chris O'Donnell was first offered the role of Jay, but he turned it down because he felt like he was getting pigeonholed into a new recruit kind of role because of him being Dick Grayson.
1: Oh, what? Wh- I don't want to always be a new recruit.
0: Yeah, isn't that
1: weird? Is that a type that know, I've been aware of? that's
0: what I read too. I was like, can you be that's no i i don't know that i would have drawn that parallel to tell you the truth i
1: am sick of always being a new recruit
0: right i want to be the recruiter yeah um david schwimmer turned down the role of jay very different movie and but, <laughs> isn't that surprising yeah they're gonna be a couple of other casting surprises for you later
1: will smith Shocking. must have done not Maybe not a rewrite, but mm-hmm. he must have improvised or just added oh. his own flair all over the place. Yes. Because that means that lines like pointing to Tommy Lee Jones and going old and busted and referring to himself as going new hot <laughs> That's my
0: coming noted line.
1: Oh, no. no I'm yeah. sorry. I'm so sorry. But no, can you imagine David mean, Schwimmer saying that?
0: that mean, yeah, David Schwimmer being like, you know the difference between you and me? I make this look good.
1: Yeah. What? what?
0: There's no way. Do you? Or him being nervous and saying it like
1: yeah. Ross. Or going like n y p d means i will knock your punk ass down
0: Why wow, you remember a lot of lines
1: Kristen. <laughs> i don't know how to tell you this i've seen men in black a lot
0: i am. T- i mean i feel like we watched it it was one of those ways we watched a lot but i haven't seen it in a few years i, I don't remember i haven't seen it well. in a long time really wedge itself in there movies are really important to me (laughs) yeah you probably read the script a bunch of times or something on top of watching it constantly right i don't know if i read the script (laughs) for this no you're telling me a lot of stuff i don't know so okay yeah so now we're going to go to men in black 2 in 2002 so five years later here's the plot it's five years later and k has retired he's been neuralized so he can forget his previous men in black life but jay is still in business he i forgot that i wrote this in a voice hang on it's five years later, and Kay has retired and been neuralized and returned to a normal life, but Jay is still in business. He finds out that an alien craft has made an unauthorized landing and is here to find the light of Zartha. And to keep it from them, they'll need knowledge only Kay has. So they have to bring him back, denuralize him, and get the band back together. Lara Flynn Boyle is the head alien bad guy named Serlina, and you realize you miss seeing her. And Johnny Knoxville is also there. Standout line? You used to drive that old, busted joint. I drive the new hotness. Old and busted, new hotness.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that was a sequel line. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's a standout. Hey,
1: Johnny Knoxville's not good in that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that that's surprising.
0: Here comes your casting shock. Because from here on, I don't really have a lot of like cool aliens. It's mostly just like a few facts about the next two movies. Here's your casting shocker about that. Robert Downey Jr. and Keanu Reeves both auditioned for that role.
1: And lost
0: isn't that a world rocker? And
1: lost
0: Robert Downey Jr and Keanu Reeves. Those are like
1: good legit actors. They wanted to be that two-headed yes. henchman?
0: Yes. Isn't that weird?
1: That's sad.
0: I know, if true.
1: Robert Downey Jr I guess was not he was not was the Robert Downey of- Jr we know today.
0: No, I was trying if it was 2002 I think that he was trying to make his way back into Hollywood. I'm not yeah, sure where he was. It wouldn't be until
1: 2008 that mm. he pulled it off with Iron Man. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. I know. He would have been what? Dur- the Matrix was-, was out. <laughs> <laughs> the Matrix would have already come out. I mean, also, there's Serlina, not like... <laughs> we have to catch the light of Zartha.
0: There's not like a source for these IMDb facts. You know what I mean? Right, like of maybe, course, of
1: course, of course. Maybe it's
0: not true, because I do find that hard to swallow. Honestly,
1: Johnny Knoxville was huge at the time.
0: Yes. Huge. Absolutely. But Keanu Reeves you know I mean, what i mean it's hard and even i know that we're looking at him through the lens of today's robert downey jr but even back then i think that he had
1: prestige but damaged prestige yes that's you know why it mean? was that's why he was such a topic of conversation well he yeah. had played you know uh charlie chaplin yeah he was a you he, know people
0: knew he was like an amazing actor yes. his personal life had just like he was having a really hard time yeah but still to be like no no robert downey jr yes yes johnny knoxville i mean maybe, maybe it's an insurance it? thing
1: the guy with the bok choy, <laughs> he got the role, and I didn't. The one who tried to jump the at the L.A. River in roller skates and broke his ankle got the role.
0: Isn't it crazy? The
1: guy who got flipped upside down in a porta potty. <laughs>
0: Are you doing um, Judd Apatow improv style now? Where he's going to name a million Johnny Knoxville
1: stunts? Yeah,
0: definitely. We'll, we'll pick a few to cut in. Name one. <laughs> um, okay. Here's another word casting thing from this. Fom K. Johnson, you know who that is? Yeah, yeah Like, yeah. okay, played Jean Grey in X-Men, and she's in a bunch of things. She was originally cast as Serlina and even did some filming, but then she had to drop out because she had a death in her family.
1: Oh, that's sad. I know. Yeah.
0: Laura Flynn Boyle was cast because Jack Nicholson insisted on it while Sony was trying to negotiate with him Whoa. for him to do anger management. Oh, my So I guess God. he was like, if you want to make me happy... <laughs> I can't do it.
1: I'll tell you how you can get me in your movie.
0: <laughs> in your picture.
1: In your picture. <laughs> Put my girl Laura Flynn Boyle in the new Men in Black movie with Keanu Reeves. Then we'll talk. Lips back. Then we'll talk about your little Adam Sandler film. <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> I hear you're looking what? for someone to play Serlina. Searching for the light. When of you Zarth. do your
0: eyebrows like that, that's what like really kills me.
1: <laughs> if you put if you put Laura Flynn Boyle in that Men in Black movie, <laughs> you'll make me want to be a, an angry man. Oh, oh my god, really? <laughs> is that good?
0: Yes, yes, it is good.
1: <laughs> and I'll tell you what, Robert Downey's not touching that thing with a ten-mile-long oh,
0: yeah, if we're talking to, if we're talking negotiations, yeah, maybe he didn't just negotiate for Lara Flynn. Uh-huh. Maybe negotiate against RDJ. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, if you think that some jackass is gonna be starring along my <laughs> Laura, you got another thing.
0: Wait, coming. no, no, no. Well, no, he did have a jackass. No, but
1: then the studio heads go like, you know what he said?
0: Oh, they're putting, they're playing with him.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. Little word play. Yeah. You got me (laughs) at the next like Hollywood party.
0: (laughs) With a cigar in his (laughs) mouth and walk up to somebody and shake their hand. (laughs) You did it.
1: You got me good on that one. But it was worth it to star in that wonderful anger management movie with my new best friend Adam Sandler.
0: (laughs) Cathartic, you know? (laughs) so now we move on that's to... so
1: crazy that gave me like a head rush once jack nicholson is lobbying say, for serlina it's like, it's like it's like it's like it's it sent me reeling i have to
0: say i definitely hollywood I definitely is awesome. sat up straighter when i was reading that i was like okay i'm going through the facts and then i saw that i was like jack
1: what? jack <laughs> it's it's crazy hollywood's it's crazy
0: my jack
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. Does anyone know what that was? <laughs> Tweet at oh, us. Oh
0: god, yeah, please do. Good god. All right, so now we're going to Men in Black 3. 10 years later. Yeah. 10 long years <laughs> we waited. So it's 10 years later, and a notorious alien criminal named Boris the Animal, played by Jermaine Clement, breaks out of alien jail to seek revenge on Kay for putting him away in 1969 and finds time travel equipment to go back in time, not to get captured by Kay and kill him. I wrote that weird. You that? That's get yeah, it.
1: weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting. We got it. He's getting okay, time. Okay. Yeah. Who cares? Okay.
0: I'm really glad I decided to go the route of reading this verbatim instead of just off the cuff like <laughs> yeah. I would normally. Explain something. Um, but Jay remembers the right timeline, so he's got to go back to before Kay was killed and team up with young Kay, Josh Brolin, to capture Boris and make sure this whole Mishigas never happens.
1: Mishigas. Wow. Wow.
0: Now I'm glad that I'm reading that this way again. Important note from this one. It's not a standout line, but I'd like to note that in the trailer, you know, before movies like the, Colum- the Columbia lady, um, she, who's usually ho- holding a torch, she's holding a neuralizer aloft and wearing men in black sunglasses. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> no. Oh, boy.
0: I think that was another moment where I really came to life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hold the phone.
0: <laughs> What's this now?
1: You know another piece of fun trivia from Men in Black 3? What? Monk is not in it.
0: Oh, yeah. Tony yeah. Shalhoub
1: is in 1 and 2. They didn't put him in 3. I
0: considered including stuff bet Monk, but I was like, eh, that's really just for me and Will. Hashtag not if- my
1: Men in Black. <laughs> not my Monk. Not my Monk. <laughs>
0: um the only trivia i have for this one is i thought it'd be fun to name the people who are on like the wall of potential aliens walking around or known sure. aliens and men in black headquarters it's tim burton lady gaga david beckham yao ming and bill gates who appear on screens in the background of scenes at mib headquarters as aliens that makes
1: sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: i feel like yao <clears throat> ming is very of that time
1: yao ming 100 percent. yeah, 100%. yeah mm-hmm. he was like a, a household name
0: oh totally yeah so that brings us, Will, to 2019 and Men in Black International, which comes out today if you're listening live.
1: Are you kidding me? No. For real? Yes.
0: Both of our topics are timely? I know. Isn't that weird?
1: Both of them.
0: I know. I wa- you're giving me a good reaction because when we were talking before about the overlap, I was like, he's not going to believe what's coming at him next. I,
1: I knew it was happening. I saw yep. the trailer. What? Mm-hmm. It oh, was meant my to be.
0: God two wow. great tastes that taste great together okay. men in black and ghostbusters yeah they're meant to be intertwined on guides the are. unknown yeah so here is all we know about it this isn't any trivia or anything but I thought the same way that I told you about the plots of the other ones I'll give you a very quick sure I think I actually think this is copy and pasted from Wikipedia um, after the events of men in black three London has a branch of men in black after finding the MIB base a woman Tessa Thompson joins them the head of the branch high T, Liam Neeson High tea. What? Why didn't they say Tessa Thompson's name here? That's A weird. A woman?
1: Tessa Thompson?
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. A um, handsome
1: man walks in. Right. <laughs>
0: The head of the branch, Hi-T, pairs her with Agent H, Chris Hemsworth. These two secret agents become involved in a series of alien attacks that sends them traveling around the globe. So there's really not information that's very specific about it. Um, So far, you know, critics have seen it. They had that kind of premiere. So there are some reviews out there. And it's getting kind of meh. Like, it's fun, but kind of forgettable. It's fine sort of reviews. But people do really like um, Hemsworth and Thompson.
1: Chris Hemsworth. Mm Mm-hmm is in men in black. Yeah. After he was in Ghostbusters 2016. He was the receptionist Kevin. Oh
0: yeah. He
1: covers his eyes when he hears something loud.
0: That's right. That's kind of funny. No. No.
1: <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Saying it at least no. It is <laughs> No. <laughs> no, it's not. I refuse. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I refuse. He like ah. He runs into a wall. He tries to answer a phone that's in a fish tank. He tries to reach through the glass. Oh, yeah, that's not... <laughs>
0: well, you know what? Not anymore. Now he's Agent H. Mm. He's going to go after the worst scum of the universe.
1: Yeah. Is he going to rap at the end? Oh, God. Have his own song? We'll
0: see. I guess we'll see.
1: <laughs> oh, boy.
0: <laughs> Maybe a soulful i don't know what the most popular kind of music in australia is right yeah, so yeah, yeah. soft rock song
1: i'm a koala rock <laughs> i'm assuming that it's not directed by barry sonnenfeld is that safe to assume um,
0: yes i think it's safe to assume
1: yeah um yeah i'm, I'm curious about that i'll oh, see I'm that i like see men in black
0: hell out of it i'm stoked to see
1: it i like men in black
0: i don't care if it's not you know amazing it seems fun
1: I do think it's fun to to talk about how modern celebrities or just celebrities in general mm-hmm. are aliens that are like living among us. Yes. Are they No oh, wait, nope, sorry, wrong one. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh are there any are there any celebrities today that you feel like could be outed as uh, an alien that would be fun to put in the movie?
0: Hmm. Let's see.
1: Someone who's like really, really popular.
0: Let me think. Um Tom Cruise.
1: Tom Cruise. Okay, that's a good one.
0: Little Xenu connection. Um Lady Gaga still fits in there. Lady
1: Gaga fits in perfectly. Mm. I got a weird one. Who? Bernie Sanders.
0: (laughs) That's a really funny one.
1: (laughs) If you said that his hair was like tentacles. (laughs) Weird Al. Weird Al's a great one.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that hasn't happened already. Yeah,
1: you're right. You know what? I think think Michael Jackson is in Men in Black 1 or 2 as Agent M. He is.
0: He's in Men in Black 2 as Agent M. Yeah. Yeah. Yup I omitted that
1: You <laughs> sure is You know one of the ideas For Ghostbusters That didn't make the final cut Was that there would be um, a, An asylum that's full of Dead celebrity ghosts Oh Isn't it weird that they did Did not do that
0: Yeah I feel like they would have to be f- Like far past celebrity ghosts To keep it from being like It would have to be
1: like Elvis Le- Yeah Le- right, Le- right 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 Um,
0: F. Gary Gray Directed Men in Black International
1: Okay Yeah Okay So not Barry Sonnenfeld Right I wonder if it'll be as Um Uh Uh that like, sort of thought through
0: i know i'm curious my instinct is no
1: i know it sounds like it they seems really just poured... kind of like
0: fun actiony right but yeah it seems like for the first one because there was the fact that there was no trivia about that kind of stuff for the second and third makes me think that it just wasn't there that kind of level of like easter egginess right um that first one they really went to town
1: yeah yeah interesting yeah very cool yeah that was great that was well, great this was fun wonderful yeah. I love talking about movies
0: yeah I do too I, I really love this. I loved researching this
1: yeah I, it, it, honestly it just it makes me mm. want to watch all this me too stuff for mm-hmm. sure um, there's also a Men in Black cartoon that they made they made yeah. Men in Black the animated series that's
0: right that's right there are a lot I'd of Ghostbusters
1: it. comics yeah They're, it's all
0: yeah they are pretty intertwined
1: very very similar I believe that I, Ghostbusters is also a Columbia production because oh, it okay. also starts with the woman with the torch
0: I bet there's like fanfic of them meeting and stuff.
1: I, yeah, I bet you're right.
0: There probably is. Because because now that we're looking at it, they do seem kind of like mirror images of each other in a lot of ways. Yeah,
1: 100%. Yeah. Totally. Cool. Well, that's it, guys. Ooh, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, there you go.
0: There it is. Thank you for hanging out. Um, we will see you next week. In the meantime, if you'd like to keep in touch, you can follow us online at GTTU pod across all social media. You can also um, find our secret Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash group slash GTTU pod. You can follow William and I on social media. I'm at chill and Kristen on Twitter.
1: I'm at The Myth Traveler.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to, you can also donate to our <laughs> donate to our Patreon page. You go to patreon.com slash Pod. You can give us like a little tip and a thank you for doing the show.
1: We'd greatly appreciate it. We'd also really appreciate it if you would write us a review on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. and uh, share the show with your friends. Yeah. Help spread the word about Guide to the Unknown. We ain't some big conglomerate. Exactly. We don't have marketing dollars. No,
0: we need the people. We need your help.
1: We're a podcast by the people, for the people, of the people. That's right. Damn Damn it. Damn it. Uh, and see me in uh, the yes. American Hysteria live show at the end of the month, June 27th, the Columbia City Theater in yep. Seattle. Get your tickets now. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So uh, yeah, thank you all so much once again for hanging out with us. We hope you had a good time. We will see you next week for more spooky fun. That's right. But until that time comes, we must travel.
0: Back to the netherworld, go we. Bye.